Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healthcare Leadership Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sloan. And today we are excited to have Brooke Eisenhart with us. She is the CEO of Integrated Healthcare Mobile Solutions. Brooke, thank you for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you uh, start IHMS of Arizona? Yeah, so well, I've, I've been working with IHMS for about eight years now. Um, we obviously deliver care to elderly people in the home, disabled people in the home. Um, we offer all kinds of services that you can imagine that someone would need in the home so they wouldn't have to go to the doctor's office or go to the hospital. Um, some of those things are like labs, um, mobile cardiology, dermatology, primary care, uh, podiatry, you name it, we do it. So if, if it's something that needs to be done in the home, we do it. And sometimes we do transitional care where someone gets out of the hospital and they need it. Um, we will do that as well. Tell us a little bit about your background. What kind of education did you have in order to, to start these types of companies? What, what did oh, you yeah. about Well, I actually started all the way from the beginning. So I actually started off as a certified nursing assistant and did the hardest work I still have ever done to this day. Total care patients, uh, quadriplegics, paraplegics. I mean, 20 on a floor. It was the hardest work I've ever done. I did the LPN. I did the RN. Um, I did, you know, the FNP. Um, and then obviously the master. So I think that, um, and all of that time I was doing clinical work. So I was always out there on the floor. I worked in every unit you could imagine. Um, but I learned everything that you, you know, what everybody does all the way through. So now as a business owner, I understand what, you know, what piece everybody played. It's really, really important in any, any business or practice. So at your time working in that capacity, was there something you saw? that was problematic where you realized integrated health mobile solutions was like a viable business option. Like at what point were you like, this is not available out there. I need to do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my first couple jobs as a nurse practitioner, I was an ENT specialist for a while and I started to work uh, with the insurance companies to add more, um, I guess to bring to to bring down their bottom line and to bring down their bottom line, it was trying to figure out what the cost of each patient was when you get in the hospital and what it's going to cost them and what I can do to prevent that for them. So my job was to figure out what all of the illnesses were. So each patient was actually reimbursed the correct amount that they would need to cover their you know expenses. But in the meantime, um, I kind of got recruited um, from another company and they wanted me to build their 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 uh, house call program. Um, and in, in both of those experiences, what I learned was that if you don't have the resources to be able to take care of these patients, it, it was an impossible task. I could do all the care that I wanted, but if I didn't have any resources to actually make sure they stayed out of the hospital, it was a, you know, I was stuck. And so in watching all of these mistakes and wondering, okay, you know, how can I do this better? I said, well, maybe I could build a model where I could offer all of the services that people need to keep them out of the hospital. Um, and so that's kind of where the idea from IHMS formed. And then organically, I created um, all of the, the platform of what I needed to build the business. So using, you know, uh, building, you know, all of the services and all of the relationships and doing all of that first before even bringing the patient population in and then bringing in the providers. Because if you don't have a solid platform for a healthcare business, 
um, like this. Uh, this is a very futile uh, business. And you're billing insurance companies for your services, or are you going? Is it mostly Medicare? Are you going? Are hospitals paying you to you know um, reduce reimbursement rates? Yeah, it's mostly Medicare, um, but it's also. I mean, we take every insurance out of the book. That was one of my rules when we started was that we were going to try to get credentialed with every insurance company that we could, no matter what. It didn't matter if they were access, you know, low paying, whatever. Because to me, if you're going to help every patient you possibly can, if you have a limitation on insurance, that person that really needs help is not going to be able to use any of your services. So that was... And that was actually really challenging when you first start a practice because it takes a while to get credentialed with each one of them. And a lot of them will not offer you contracts. That goes back to why I think relationships are so important. Every relationship that you build, especially in the healthcare field, you have no idea at what point later on it might be a good one to have. So even if it's somebody you don't work with now and that you think, oh, probably never, you never know. You never know when you're going to run back into somebody and, you know, they might help you. And as long as you do a good job, they're usually willing to help you. You know what I mean? In any situation. So it's so true. And um, do the, do the payers, have the, in your conversations with them, have they experienced this issue in other areas? I mean, you have a you have a focus in Arizona, right? So, mm-hmm. do, have they said like, oh, we need a company like this in Texas or in Alabama or whatever? Or is it is it a common service in your area? What's the competition like over there? It's not. It's not very common. Um, there are a few people that do mobile visits, um, but it's very segregated, meaning they only have maybe one service that they offer or like a a partial service. Um, And we've actually had a lot of companies that have tried and failed because of the futility in this business. Um, Mobile is one of those things where you have to really be in it all the time because it's not like where you're in an office and you turn out a thousand patients a day. I mean, you know, it's easy. You can do procedures. This is something where a doctor has to go drive to each visit. And there's only so much reimbursement for each visit. And there's only so many procedures you can do in the home. So it's a very limited market when it comes to if you're in it to make, you know, buco bucks, that's this is not this is not the, uh, you know, opportunity for you. But, um, and if you love it, I mean, I could never be in the clinic again, I love going out to the homes, and I love seeing patients and the elderly people are so kind and their stories. I mean, it's just a different generation. Um, you know, and I always think, what will it be like in 30 years or 40 years from now? You know, will people who, you know, will they not have those couples that have been married for 100 years? And, you know, they're arguing over the most ridiculous things. And, you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there could be a huge change um, just based on, you know, how it goes. Maybe that means I'm getting older, you know, being in my <laughs> 40s. <laughs> Talking like an old person now. So I'll be glad. Yeah. No, so, so it kind of falls. If for people who don't need like inpatient rehab, don't need skilled nursing facility or anything like that, are are some of your patients, are they in like an outpatient rehab setting part of the time and then bring in your team part of the time? We get a lot of referrals. We get a lot of referrals from home health. Um, We get a lot of referrals right out of rehab um, for that transition to try to figure out, okay, is this person going to go to a nursing home. And sometimes we get in there and I have to say we're like social workers. So we spend a lot of time when we first see a patient and figure out, okay, what is it that this person needs? Is it the fact that, you know, they don't have access to anything? Is it the fact that they can't get their medications? Is it something as simple as, 
you know, they call 911 because they have anxiety because they can't get a medication that they need so desperately. And we have to figure out all the services that each person needs. Maybe they can't see and read their medications and so they're not taking it right. And so then they call the hospital because they get sick and they don't realize they're taking the wrong meds. There's so many things that can happen when people are not able to take care of themselves or, or don't have the ability or are too weak. Um, and I've walked into some pretty, pretty, uh, scary situations where I thought, Oh my God, how did this person survive this long like this? You know? So yeah. it's, it's a forgotten population too. It's, most people don't think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Nope. So tell me a little bit about some of the challenges that you face on a day to day basis. Like yeah. what is the most pressing thing for you? Ooh, boy. <laughs> the biggest thing, yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest thing I would say is, um, Probably communication. Um, communication is really hard with the elderly because one, they can't hear. They don't have technology. They don't have fax machines. They don't have cell phones. They don't have any way to, any way to get paperwork. Um, and if they do answer the phone, sometimes they can't hear you because you have to realize that our population is somewhere between the ages of 70 to 100. But I'd say our average population is probably right around 80. So that's a real struggle. Um, and they can't hear you half the time. And it, it, and I and we make jokes about it in the office, but we hear people, you know, literally sound like they're screaming next to you in the office and everybody's giggling at them because, you know, Mr. Jones calls again and you know he can't hear you and he makes up things that he thinks you're saying. <laughs> I mean, it's a very unique but fun, you know, practice uh, right. to be in with the elderly. But I would say communication and being able to access them when you are not in the home is one of our biggest challenge. So do you have like a mission for your organization or or is there something that really holds true throughout the organization? If you ask to talk to one of your employees, like what is the company mission? I would say to give the best care possible and to help the most amount of people. Um, everybody knows IHMS and they know that, you know, to the core that we really want to help people, you know what I mean, in the most way and reach the most lives. Um, I wish we could reach more people. It, it's really hard. Um, we get probably more referrals than anyone else in the Valley. I mean, we get 150 to 200 referrals a month. Um, but you also have to realize it's an elderly population. So, you know, they only may be with us for three or four years or, you know, they may come to us and then they go on hospice. I mean, you just never know what the reason you're, that they come on for. But I mean, that's what I would say to that. So um, tell me, like, what is the what is the next step? For IHMS? We have a couple of things that we're, we're working on right now. Actually, the biggest thing is, I guess, my short term would be, I would like to uh, get more involved in technology. So we're really trying to figure out how can we bring more technology into this because we've got gas prices going up, right? So mobile is going to be even harder now because if someone drives around all day and it's $100 plus to fill up their gas tank all the time, that's going to be an issue. So we're trying to incorporate some new stuff. Um, Obviously, we're going to be expanding our clinic more so that that way, you know what I mean, that gives another option for uh, patients for IHMS. But we're also going to be doing more televisits and we're going to be working with the home health nurses when they go in and see the patients. We'll be able to do more like hands-on televisits when we add more remote monitoring into the homes. It's moving into technology more and figuring out how can we now reach out to the patients in a like 
more technologic way so that everything doesn't have to be drivable. Do we do telemedicine twice a month and do a, a regular visit the third month? I mean, how do we how do we make that happen? So I think technology, I think everything's going to be coming in technology to make a difference. Well, and you see so many companies today and in, in large health systems and stuff like that really trying to solve that that question as well. But when you're dealing with 80, 90 year olds and up, like that becomes a whole nother thing, right? You always want to have the easiest user experience, but uh, there's limitations for certain individuals, you know, inevitably. Yeah. And so we still have to go out. I mean, and that's the thing. There are a lot of companies that might go and do mobile, but they do not want to, um, they don't want to drive to people's houses. They'll go to a facility and see 10 patients in a row, but they don't want to drive to individual houses. And that's right. kind of the commitment we have at IHMS. And the other commitment we have is we always try to see everybody within 24 to 48 hours to eliminate any kind of you know bad things happening to them because a lot can happen in two days. And that's the same thing if they sure. get out of the hospital, we always try to see them within 24 to 48 hours. And our, our mapping schedules work really well. So you know we always have days throughout the week where we're in different cities. So if someone needs to go and be in that city to see that patient... That makes a huge difference. And I think that's another reason we get so many referrals is because they know that it will be quick. Right, right. And you know, you're talking about how many different situations arise. You rarely know what you're going to walk into. How does your your staff and your team and your providers keep up with that? How, how do you like, there's, it's, how do you prepare for so many different variables? Well, I think you get used to it. <laughs> I think when you've been doing that's why you have to be a really special person to do this job because um, only going out there and doing it really gets you prepared for it. Um, You know, I've had a, you know, and the biggest thing is checking in on patients. So even if they don't answer the door and maybe they, you know, uh, someone, the thing about our practice is, you know, someone's habits, once you go to their home, you know what they're like. You know if their TV is too loud, they can't hear you or they can't hear the phone. You know that they sit by the door before your appointment. You know that they nap in the morning and they they go to the you know hairdresser that's you know next door, their friend you know at a certain time or whatever. You just know everything about them, and I and I think when you notice that that doesn't happen and that comes with experience. It's interesting, and you mentioned earlier about how like it's probably a lot of the kids of the parents who are looking for these types of services and like do. Do you communicate a lot with them? Or are you going yes. direct to the hospital? Yeah. Yes. So they're like my parents, like parents, if you have little kids, that te- you know, for teachers and stuff, they are, they are definitely what I consider uh, like their parents at that point. But yes, uh, we communicate all the time with the POAs. Um, and a lot of times they're out of state and they want to know what's going on, but we constantly have to have communication because especially during the pandemic, because we'd be like, Hey, we need you to go over and do a telemedicine visit because we can't come in because we're not vaccinated or they're not vaccinated and we need to be able to see them. Or, you know, I mean, we did window visits. I mean, it was, it was crazy. We've never done anything like that. And even some of the nursing homes, they were able to sit outside and we were at like a fence between us. I mean, we couldn't do vitals, but we could, you know what I mean? Sit there. We see you with family after a while. And, and that's a really cool thing. And, that's something I never got in the clinic is being able to go yeah. into someone's home and really get to know them. And you see their pictures and you learn their stories and you figure out what's going on. With them, so. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. I would never thought about that. Yeah. 
So listen, Brooke, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Tell us a little bit about how can people get in contact with you and learn more about your organization? Yeah, so uh, we have a, a website. Um, it's ihmsgroup.com. Um, you can always go on there and, and look at services. Uh, our office is, is located in Chandler, Arizona. Contact us if you know you have a loved one that you're not able to, you know, find a place for, or you're just not sure what to do or what kind of services. Um, and I know that there are similar things in other states that you can do as well. Um, usually social workers and caseworkers, they, you know, if you call your insurance companies, usually they are aware of those kind of services um, that's provided under, you know, each patient's insurance company. That was actually something I want to ask. Like I'm in New Jersey, right? Go to a social worker, they're they're a good resource, or is there any online resources to even find somebody that may be in a not in Arizona? Yeah, it's hard. It's not a huge industry. So mm-hmm. um, but as I said, with technology now, they're starting to have more technology where they can bring in, you know, technology and do telemedicine visits on the phone if it's an urgent thing. Um, but yeah, I would I would just look up mobile services in your area. And, you know, for primary care, if you can find a mobile primary care that can come to your home and do these kind of things, um, you're set. Sure, sure. Well, listen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, <laughs> it was a great conversation. I look forward to speaking again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. All right. Thank you.